Welcome to the Circle of Birth podcast. I'm your host and advocate, Ali Kranz. These podcasts are here to gather stories, people and information to better our understanding of the wisdom of birth and how we can reclaim our connections to birth from conception and beyond. You will hear stories not only from Australia but from all over the world, bringing together women, partners, midwives, doulas and all the people that have a birth story to share. So jump right in for this next Circle of Birth story. So welcome to episode 22 and another empowering birth journey. We are joined in this podcast with fellow podcaster Shalom from Rockstar Birth Magazine, podcasts and TV. So I discovered the magazines just before I was about to birth my daughter and I loved the collaboration, the beautiful imagery and all the information and stories that she has produced in these magazines from all over the world. So Shalom is sharing with us today three birth stories from a hospital birth to two home births. She is inspiring many families through her work so people can find avenues to empower their experiences. So I thought it was good time to hear her birth journeys and her birth of rock star birth magazine, radio and TV. To Shalom and her enthusiasm is catchy. I left the podcast feeling really bouncy and probably ready to make some more babies. So enjoy this uplifting episode with light and love. Hi, Shalom. Welcome to the Circle of Birth podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and share your birth journeys and the birth of Rockstar Birth. And that's magazine, radio and TV now too. It's everywhere, baby. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me here. It's an absolute pleasure and honour to be on the show. We, As we were talking before, um, having a good chat, I have listened to all your podcasts and I just love them and I was saying that I love how you group them into categories so that it's very accessible and especially for those doulas out there that you want to share with your clients. Um, and the magazines too, which I'm yet to get into, and I would love to hear more about the birth of that, but if you would love to tell me about you as your first pregnancy and how that went for you and leading into the beautiful, empowered woman that you are today, sharing your love and wisdom. <laughs> what an introduction. Thank you so much, Ali. So let's start back at the beginning. I first became pregnant just over 10 years ago. My eldest is now 10. And it was, you know, at the time all of my friends were having their first babies and we were all sort of going through it together. But just as I got pregnant, I had actually been asked to be the support person for my best friend. She had unexpectedly become pregnant and was single. And when she asked me to do that, I was like, yes, this is going to be awesome. I was so stoked. I had absolutely no experience of birth, but was so thrilled that someone would ask me to be there by their side when they birthed their baby. And as we went along that journey, I was also completely oblivious to what was really involved. We attended the standard hospital classes and rocked up on the day, but I really, I had no idea. I was, I was, the least prepared support person you could ever wish for in your life. And I've shared this story a couple of times and I'm going to have to tell you that I'm not joking, but in our birthing bag, we had a packet of snake lollies, some Uno cards, some Robbie Williams music and some trashy magazines. Cause I just had this visual that, you know, some people take like 24 hours to birth. This could take ages with absolutely no concept of what those 24 hours could and would entail. Let me tell you, we were not sitting around, sat around eating snake lollies and playing Uno. And my friend's birth was ultimately my first birth experience because I was there and I was part of it, but was so not prepared that it really set me up in many ways for a deep, quick dive and understanding into what birth in a hospital can be like. She ultimately ended up having an unscheduled cesarean birth and that's always sat with me. It's always made me wonder, was there more I could have done? How could I have helped more? How could I have been more educated? How could I have inspired and empowered her more? And all of these things were swirling through my mind when I was then pregnant with my first baby soon after. And I was pretty clear in my first pregnancy that I had pretty total trust in my body. I was like, you know, I'm a woman. 
I'm built to give birth, I'll just do it. And the way that I sort of tricked myself into thinking that was capable was I thought I'll book into the birth center where they have no drugs and I will turn up and I'm just going to have to do it, right? Like there's no other option. So that was the full extent of my birth preparation. I had taken not only the knowledge from my girlfriend's birth in the hospital where I'd seen all that intervention, I was like, right, I know I don't want that. So I'll go to the birth center where it's just not available and I'll be fine. And as it would be, my first pregnancy ticked over to the 42-week mark and I was gently booted out of the birth centre because they didn't take you after that period of time. And I went straight onto the hospital ward where you, I um, then went. Did you, sorry to interrupt, did your midwife sort of carry over to the hospital with you or did you have a whole no. new set of people? Completely new set of people. So the, the birth centre was associated with the hospital. It was attached to the hospital. But the midwives that worked in the birth centre were just in the birth centre. And the midwives on the ward were just on the ward. So I suddenly found myself in a completely new environment, new women that I hadn't had a connection with in terms of my care professionals, new rooms that I hadn't toured. It, you know, it was all brand new to me. And I was on the 42-week mark, I was told that I had to be induced. And I did what I was told. So I turned up and... I had nothing in my toolkit to get through that birth because it wasn't anything like I had planned. I had assumed that I would be birthing somewhere else with a different team and different parameters and I just stuck to that assumption. And so here I was, you know, staring down the barrel of an intervention-heavy birth with with nothing, with no voice, with no assertions, with no understanding other than my friend's birth experience and I'd seen how that had turned out, nothing to guide me or my partner, like he had nothing either. And not surprisingly, I went through the full induction process. So with my daughter, I was my waters were broken and then gel was inserted and then I had syntocin and when that cranked up and I wasn't coping, I had an epidural and, you know, it was just, it got to the point where when she was born some 12 hours later, I was on my back in stirrups, tubes coming out of me everywhere, you know, catheters and all sorts. And, and I was being, um, the obstetrician on charge was unwrapping the scissors to give me an episiotomy because they said, you're not, you're not birthing fast enough. And I was fortunate enough to be able to birth her before they could get those scissors on. <laughs> and I was fortunate enough to be able to birth her vaginally, but you know, a whole lot of luck in there and not a great deal of management. I, I was not prepared. I had not bought my full self to that birth. I had nothing other than luck, I think, which got me through to that end. And I remember soon after she was placed on my chest having this real roller coaster of, oh my gosh, she's here and she's amazing and she's awesome. And this real high to within minutes still being in the stirrups thinking, how on earth did I end up here? Where did I go left when I should have gone right? What has happened to my birth journey that I'm here with umpteen things tubing into me? An epidural, which I had never, you know, anticipated. I'd spent nine months telling my husband that if I ask for an epidural, you just have to talk me out of it, okay, because I really don't want one. And there I was begging for it, you know, several hours in. So I really had to sit with that and go, what just happened? How how did this unfold? How did this come to be? And it took some processing. It took some work. And it was another five years and several different life experiences, you know, divorce, new partners, blended families before I became pregnant again. And during that time, though, I became really clear about the type of birth experience I wanted or rather what I didn't want. So I knew if you asked me about birth in that time, I didn't want that experience again. It was not, it was, I was not in my flow. I did not feel empowered. It just was not cool for me. And sorry, go on. Yeah. So that was that in that five years too, did you sort of have any more experiences with friends, birthing um, or any resources that you sort of drew upon? Or was that just that feeling that you carried into this next pregnancy, which set you up to open yourself up for your next birth? It was a combination of both. So it was the feeling I carried and the fact that the rest of my friends went on in that five years to have their second and sometimes third babies and many of them birthed in a hospital without intervention or drugs. 
some of them went on to birth with a private childbirth education class. You know, friends of mine did calm birth and hypnobirthing, which I hadn't heard about 10 years ago when I had my first daughter. So I could see, and they were having different birth experiences as they went along. And that, you know, so I sort of watched the evolution of their birth experiences and how they became more empowered during their second and their third. And I thought, okay, there's something in this, you know, there's, there's a learning that women are taking from their previous experiences into the next that is having an impact and an influence definitely on how the birth unfolds, but more importantly on how they feel about it, how they describe it to me, how the words they would use to talk about their births changed over that time. And I really noticed that and gravitated towards that because I was like, that's what I want. I want to be able to describe and feel about my birth in those terms. So when I approached my second pregnancy and I had recently moved house and it was about, I was about 20 weeks pregnant before I went to our local hospital. And I remember having a conversation with the Judy, the midwife on Judy and said to her, I want to come in here as late as possible. I want to have my baby. I want to go home as soon as possible. And as soon as I said that out loud, I thought, why am I here? Why am I in a hospital? What am I doing? And because during that time I'd come into contact with other people who'd had home births and, you know, that had planted a seed for me again in my first birth. I didn't even know home birth was an option. There's so many things that you don't know when you first start out on this journey. And so not knowing that home birth was an option, not knowing about childbirth education, you know, these were all messages and feelings that I, I took into my second birth experience. So when I left that appointment with the midwife, I had my five-year-old with me at the time and she said to me, mum, is that where you're going to be having the baby? And I remember thinking, I don't think so, honey. I'm not feeling the love there because it was just such a clinical, medical experience. I could see all the pregnant women sat out in the waiting room and I was in this giant medical establishment that catered for sick and the dying and it just didn't gel with me. The two things didn't come together. So I left that appointment spoke to my chiropractor who was the person I knew that had had a home birth and said, tell me all about your midwife. How do I get in touch with them? And I then contacted a fabulous private midwifery clinic called Mama Midwives in Melbourne, absolutely gelled with these goddess private midwives and was then well on my journey. The next you know, 20 weeks of that pregnancy were just the best time of my life. We, My partner and I did a private we did a, a calm birth course over two days and that really, you know, solidified a lot of my knowledge for me and for him. That really got him into the groove of a home birth. We actually did a calm birth too, which was fantastic for my partner more so than anything to really solidify his role and his importance and his love for me. It was really bonding for us together to spend that time. I absolutely think that's one of the best benefits of doing a childbirth education course and whether it's calm birth or Lamar's or hypnobirthing I I don't think it matters in that sense because what my part my man mentioned to me when we left calm birth he said you know all of the women that were in that room they were already on the program you know even by signing up for a calm birth course they'd already made the leap that this was the type of birth they wanted to have he said it was the dads in that room and the support people in that room that made the biggest jump because they walked out feeling like suddenly they weren't just a passenger they had tools and tips and tricks and things they had a role to play and it was important and they were willing to step up and do that whereas many dads who turn up to hospital and all they've heard is how horrific it's going to be and all they're thinking is, what on earth am I going to do? Like how useless and frustrating and helpless they can feel isn't a great way to bring your baby into the world, you know? And so those sorts of courses I think are incredible for both partners and, as you say, bringing you together and making you a birthing team. You know, it becomes a family-centred affair then and that's so important. And I just want to ask too, did, when you decided to do the home birth, how did your partner um, feel about that? It was interesting. He had two children already when we came together and the first, his first birth experience was a caesarean birth for a breach, which was a really positive, empowering experience. And, and then his wife went on to have a reasonably traumatic VBAC experience. And so he was quite fearful of birth he, he thought birth could be quite brutal and when I said to him that I wanted to birth at home <laughs> he told me afterwards not at the time but he said you know I immediately thought 
there's going to be, you know, there's going to be blood up the walls, you know, <laughs> re-carpet everything. What are they going to do if she needs a cesarean? Do they just like, you know, move everything off the coffee table and go for it? And he had this real like, okay, uh, but was immediately very clear that this was my body and that I got to say where I birthed. So he would have backed me anywhere that I chose to do it. He was he was really clear on that. So that was really supportive for me. That was exactly what I needed to hear because I was already choosing to birth at home. Like it was happening. And so for him to say, it's your birth, you know, it's going to be your physical birth experience. I will be there, but you get to choose where you do it. Then I was like, great, we're doing it at home. But that really also reinforced for me the importance of that private childbirth education because as a home birthing parent, in my experience, home birthers don't just do this for fun or, you know, they're not just, it's not just a light decision. And usually what I find is that home birth parents tend to be some of the most educated and informed birthing people out there because you're taking responsibility for your birth with a home birth. You know, you're stepping up and saying, I'm owning this. I'm going to choose who's going to be there. I'm going to choose how this unfolds. And so in doing that, that childbirth education was really cemented that for us. You know, we had made that decision to birth at home. And so we really needed that that private education to make sure that we felt really empowered and supported in in that decision. So it was, he was really supportive of it. But at first I think he was like, holy crap, how's that going to roll? So heading into the to the labor how did that go or the birthing time so my as I said my first birth had gone to 42 weeks and so with this birth I knew that guest dates were just a crock and I had no pressure at all anymore to birth by a particular time frame my midwifery appointments were regular they would come and see me in my home every week at least for an hour and I would lie there with my feet up and it was amazing. I can't reinforce the importance of having that continuity of care, whether it's with a private midwife or a doula, enough. Just building that relationship of trust and connection as you go into your birthing zone, knowing that those people are going to be there for you and that they know you and that they love you and they care about your birth was so cool. I would look forward to those, you know, those appointments so much and just because we would talk about all sorts of things around birth. It was hardly about, you know, we do the standard fundal height checks and blood pressure checks, but it's not, it, it wasn't, that wasn't what it was about. It was about unpacking any fears I had. It was about making sure that I was feeling loved and connected with all of my family who were going to be there. And so I just found those those final weeks were just such a blessing to have those midwifery appointments. As I said, I'd lie on the couch and they'd come into my house and make me a cup of tea, which is so different to what I'd heard friends who'd had private obstetricians, you know, as their main care providers. And I fully support everybody choosing their own care provider, of course. But that sort of rushed 10 or 15 minutes in a hospital, you know, or in a medical clinic just felt like such a different paradigm for me as I was approaching my birthing moment. Yeah, And so as I got to 40 weeks, I decided to do some labor acupuncture just to encourage my body to ripen and probably more so, so that I felt like I was doing something proactive in, you know, moving towards this, this fabulous birth. And it was the second acupuncture appointment I had, I was 41 plus one. So eight days past my guest date and, uh, my, I said to the acupuncturist, can you, you know, like crank it up a bit, really sort of turn, turn the notch a bit this time. And sure enough, that night I went into labor. So I awoke at midnight with a big contraction and it was the first natural contraction I had ever felt, right? Because my first labor was induced and that's a a sort of an artificial there's not a gradual build-up with that type of experience. This was the first real contraction I ever had. And I remember sitting bolt upright and thinking, okay, we're on. But not knowing this could be days, it might, you know, what's happening now. So I remember going going to the bathroom and going back to sleep, or trying rather to go back to sleep, and straight away another contraction. I was like, okay, okay, we're not sleeping, that's fine. And I got up for a couple of hours by myself on the couch and I timed my contractions and listened to the meditation music that I'd been playing right throughout my pregnancy and just got into my zone. It wasn't too intense. I was still able to write things down. 
And then after a couple of hours, my man got up and I said to him, babe, can you start timing these for me? So this was about two o'clock and it was really interesting that as soon as I handed over that watch and that pencil, I then got right into labor land. Like as soon as I got out of my brain and the need to check the time and write it down, I deeply, deeply, deeply got into my body and it was exactly what I needed. And sure enough, within 20 minutes, he was calling the midwife and I heard him say, her contractions go for three minutes. Oh, no, they don't. Sorry. They're three minutes apart and they go for a minute. And I remember thinking, all oh, right. Oh, that's cool. That means it's on because I was I had no concept of how close they were or how long they went for. I was just really breathing through them and using those calm birth techniques. And my midwives arrived at about half past three and they brought their beautiful, warm, supportive energy. They got me to start laboring more upright. They wanted me to be more, I was still on the couch at this stage and they said, okay, let's, let's get you up. So I labored over the kitchen table for a you know, another hour or two. And it was great. It was just me and my man. And they were in the other room listening quietly, but not invading our space. And, you know, we just, we, we were breathing through this and I had heat packs and water and I was vocalizing and I felt great. And then at about half past five, they asked me if I wanted to get into the birth pool. I had this giant bloody pool set up in the lounge room. And I remember just looking at it thinking, nah, not getting in there because I knew the water would be warm and I wanted hot. I had these really hot heat packs on my lower back and they were working wonders. So I was like, no, I need hot. So I got into the shower instead and was able to use the heat from that to really start to bring my baby down. And after about half an hour in there, we woke up my five-year-old daughter or she might have been six by this stage, and she came in. And I remember distinctly her big brown eyes at the the wind at the glass of the shower, and she was asking me all these questions like, Mummy, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm having the baby. And this is all like in between surges and trying to breathe, having the baby. Now she's like, can I get in with you? I'm like, no, no, honey, not a lot of room. And then she said, will the baby fall down the plug hole? I'm like, no, no. And I'm like, hang on, hang on, you know, like, and then I'd have to hold on to the wall while I really got deep into my breath again. It was so funny. And then she was like, can I have some toast? I'm like, yep, yep, someone get a toast, you know. So I had my sister there as well. She was the support person for my daughter so that I knew she would be with someone who could answer her questions or take her away if she was feeling overwhelmed and just, you know, a, a real key person for her to be there. And about quarter past six, so I'd been in the shower about 45 minutes, I came, my fabulous midwife said, did you want to have your baby in the shower? And I remember saying, I don't know. Do I? Like, what are my options? And she said, well, do you want to come out onto the couch? I said, sure. And I got onto the couch on all fours and 10 minutes later, our beautiful boy was born. And as we came together as a family, we had three girls. And so we just assumed that, you know what, we make girls. This will be a girl. So when we had a boy and it was my daughter that told us the gender and like I just was so lit up that there was this new masculine energy coming into our family as well. I'm sure my man was stoked from, a, you know, being outnumbered by all the chicks. But it was just this incredible, beautiful, snuggled on the couch in this nest of blankets that my midwife team had made and my baby was on me and on my breast and we just stayed there, you know. We didn't move and my daughter was snuggled beside me and my man was there and my sister. And after about an hour he was um, – bucketing out the birth pool and taking all the buckets of water out to the front garden and putting it on the plants. And it never and got used. <laughs> exactly. Um, because my daughter wanted to get in. That was the other reason. She wanted to dive in. So he was emptying that. And our next-door neighbours, who we love, came out and saw it. And he said, oh, we've had the baby come in. So within an hour, we had our neighbours in there just popping in and saying hello. And we just had this beautiful day where we spent the whole day snuggled up on the bed. And my sister took my daughter out just to keep her feeling groovy. And I felt so good that that night our neighbours came over for dinner and we all sat around and had this beautiful meal and there was just this great energy there because I felt great and I'd brought new life into the world and I was feeling so powerful. It was this really interesting mix of a feeling. I've tried to describe it and the words I use are sort of this mix of powerful and warrior-like and strong but also I've never felt more feminine in my life. I've never felt softer and 
yeah, more curvaceous and voluptuous and sensual. So it was this really interesting combination experience. And with all of the preparation that I did and all of the positive birth stories that I read and immersed myself in beforehand and the calm birth work and the meditations and stuff, it was the best six hours of my life. I just, I would birth every day if I could, Ellie. I loved that experience so much. I was just on fire. I just absolutely rocked it. And that for me was a pivotal moment, not only because obviously we we birthed our baby and it was an incredible connection for me and my man, but something in me shifted as well. And that really became, if you like, the beginning of the birth of the Rockstar birth. That was when I remember going, yes, there are things you can do. There are decisions you can make and actions you can take that can positively impact your birth experience because it was so different to my first one where I just basically turned up and said, just tell me what to do. And they did. And this was one where I had said, no, this is my birth and I'm going to be at the center of it. I'm going to take charge of it. And I don't mean that in a, you know, dictatorship kind of way, but I'm going to take ownership for this. I'm I'm going to take responsibility for this. And so I'm going to choose what sort of messages I take on and whose birth stories I listen to. And I'm going to choose the team that's going to be there for me, including my sister and my man. And I'm going to choose to take private childbirth education. So that all coming together in such an incredible birth experience really reinforced for me how powerful we are as women and as individuals and how much we can positively impact and influence our births. And I think most women out there just don't know that. You know, we grow up generally with these stereotype, fearful, scary, chaotic, risky birth images in our head from either friends and family and strangers on the bus that have had a traumatic or painful or horrific birth experience and everything we see on the TV and Hollywood movies. It's so sensationalized. And when you've just got that, And that when you get pregnant and the only decisions that are asked of you are, are you going public or private and which hospital are you at? It's not surprising that birth sort of immediately follows this medical path. And as women who don't know any differently, who haven't been exposed to birth in any other way, it's really common. And it was really normal for me in that first experience just to get on that path and ultimately just do what I was told. And I think for women to know that they can have a different experience, that they can have a positive experience in hospital or with an epidural or with a cesarean. It actually isn't about how your baby exits your womb, but it's about how you feel about that experience, about how respected and heard and loved you felt, about how supported you were in that moment, about how your birthing desires and, and fears and preferences and plans and all of the things that you wanted to bring to your birth are actually part of that experience. And I think women just don't know how much they can choose to have a fabulous birth experience as well as a baby, right? Because I think we feel like birth is something we have to endure or get through in order to get this prize at the end. And I love babies, right? Babies rock, but women rock too. And all the pregnant women out there that are listening to this, you deserve to have a fabulous transition to motherhood. You absolutely deserve to have a fantastic birth experience and your baby. And that birth isn't something that you have to fear or be scared of or put your head in the sand or or to hand your power over to your care providers. You can absolutely have an inspiring, empowered, positive birth. And I'm all now about sharing with women the things that they can do to take to make that happen, to have that positive, incredible experience by simply choosing to be responsible for their own births. Uh, I'm still got the warm and fuzzy feeling of you just sitting there and then your neighbours coming over for dinner and just being that beautiful goddess. It was like you were just floating and, like you said, you're voluptuous and woman and feminine and it's made me feel all... Um, warm and fuzzy inside probably like that you know I want more baby feeling (laughs) and to, to go on from that what you've just exactly said is that we deserve as women 
the right to take responsibility for our health, for our bodies and for the way we birth and the right to transform into womanhood with birth experiences and like whichever way the baby needs to come out in birth we have that responsibility in our own bodies and in ourselves then we can have empowered experiences no matter what the outcome absolutely absolutely and I think it's that thing that I hear so often but I don't know if we actually really hear which is that pregnancy is not an illness you are not sick it is the most normal and natural thing in the world. It's a big deal giving birth and it has moments of absolute intensity. I mean, you're bringing new life into the world, right? It's a really big deal, but that doesn't mean that it's an emergency or a medical event or that it's risky or chaotic or dramatic, you know? And I think that the more that women start to go, oh, yeah, right, like, how did we come into being all 7 billion of us of the, on the planet? You know, it's, you've got one of the things that I say to my Rock Your Birth members is that you are absolutely born to birth, that everything you need is already inside you. And that much of what I'm talking about now is actually navigating the external landscape. So the navigating the medical side of birth and navigating the conversations with your care providers and navigating all of the negative and horrible things we hear about birth so that you can come back to that space of recognizing and remembering that you've actually got everything you need inside you already. It's all there. You're exactly right. And that excites me because there's so many people that are fantastic that are working for families in the birth world that all encompass different methods and different ways in their own experience and personal journey. But at the end, the, the main thing that I'm getting from that is it all comes from within. And you're exactly right. We have that inside of us and it's primal. Um, it's tapping into different parts of the brain that we don't normally use on a day-to-day basis and if we can honour that and allow that space in a supported and loving and nurturing environment then then exactly it is it's it's birth it's all there yeah and you don't have to be scared but yeah so tell me how did you start collaborating the magazine from there after this experience and you knew that you started channeling something which you're doing now so how did that how did this all happen and how did the birth of rockstar birth come about it was a combination of two things it was the research and learnings that I'd done in the build-up to that second birth experience you know and and the fact that it all landed for me and I thought wow you know because I I'm not special or any more special than anyone else. I don't have a magic vagina or a higher pain threshold or I'm not like the, you know, uber spiritual woo. I just happen to be a woman who trusted in her body and who surrounded herself with the things that I know I needed to have that natural undisturbed birth. And so when I realized that, I was thinking, well, how can I share that with everybody else? How how can I get that message out to women that they can have a fantastic birth experience? So I took the learnings that I had from that journey. And at the same time, I was pregnant with my third baby. So I was pregnant almost straight away. Uh, so I got pregnant when my son was three months old. So through the course of my daughter's pregnancy and a new life with a newborn, I was surrounded still by all of this birthing information. I had the same midwifery team coming around again. You know, I was deep straight back into a pregnancy journey whilst really only having just come out of one. So it was like I was, you know, deep diving and double downing on everything that I'd learned and putting it into practice. And so throughout the course of that nine months and that period before that next birth experience, I was really thinking about how can I share this? How can I get this out there? And, you know, I'm not a medical practitioner. I'm not a a doula or a midwife or an obstetrician. But there is, I just knew that I had to share this. And so I was looking for a platform where I could do that. And I had recently become the editor of the fabulous Home Birth Queensland print magazine, Down to Earth. This was a home birth specific magazine and I loved it. I loved that experience. I loved the the organization and what they were sharing. And I loved the feedback that I'd get from women when they were pregnant and were reading the magazine 
or had had their babies and were reading the magazine and were able to, you know, keep that oxytocin flowing. And so I took that experience and I thought, right, I want to share this information and I'm going to share it in a magazine format. And I chose to do it online so that I could reach women all over the world. And so I reached out to over, gosh, 150 contributors and asked them to be part of something special. And they all did. I, I reached out to more than a dozen incredible birth photographers and asked them to feature in each magazine, and they did. And it was like this wave of positive awesomeness that was just flowing at me. And all of these incredible contributors, women's birth stories, birthing gurus, you know, incredible photographers and their images all came together. And I created the Rockstar Birth Magazine so that it is a 12-part series, which has one magazine aligned to each month of your pregnancy. But this is not, there's nothing in there about me telling you that, reminding you it's time to have your glucose test. This is about taking all of the things I've just talked about, taking the, the spiritual side of birth, taking the emotional side of birth, taking the love and connection side of birth, so that you can read this magazine in conjunction with a medical birth journey and get that balance, you know, so you can understand the types of conversations that you can have with your care providers and feel empowered about your birthing body and assertive about your rights in birth. So I aligned the magazine to each month of pregnancy. So there are nine issues dedicated to pregnancy. And then there's three magazines for the first year after birth, because it's quite a transition, right? And you get sent home with your baby and they're great. And you're suddenly there going, now what? So I got some fabulous contributors to talk through the fourth trimester and just getting into that newborn land and that first 12 months. There's also a couple of issues that are dedicated to key theme topics. So I've got a positive cesarean issue. I've got a healing birth issue. And there's a couple of other key issues in the pipeline as well that are dedicated to just, you know, that core topic. And so the magazine launched and I was getting fabulous feedback and I just loved sharing it with women. And I was at home now with two young babies. I'd had a, a third home birth and that was a quick, fast experience. She um, was two and a half hours from the first contraction to her being in our arms and we birthed her at home, same midwifery team, my man, my daughter. This time my mum was there instead of my sister and it was great. It was intense. It's funny, sometimes people think two and a half hours, wow, that's lucky, you know, and sure, in some ways it is, but it means it's fast and it's intense and there's some real... It had higher peaks and lower troughs, if you like, than my other birth because it wasn't as gradual. It was on. And so I had real moments in that birth where I remember thinking, ah, this is getting really wobbly now. I don't know if I can keep doing this. And, you know, I'm going to have to really dig deeper here to then having what I've described as pleasurable, ecstatic, orgasmic moments in that birth. So it was a real birth of extremes, if you like. And with after that birth and after birthing the magazine, I was at home with two young babies now and really missing a sense of connection, really missing. I had these great online virtual groups and support groups and conversation and friendships, but I knew I was missing something. And so I decided to create the Rockstar Birth Radio, which is a podcast, which you can view on iTunes or from the Rockstar Birth Magazine website. And I wanted to talk to people, you know, I wanted to see them on camera or in person and capture their stories and capture their wisdom. And so I launched that because uh, mostly selfishly, I wanted to have a real grown up conversation that wasn't about bloody bananas in pajamas or how many nappies I'd changed that day. You know, I wanted something (laughs) just a little bit higher than that. So I launched the podcast and I elected to do that in series. So I, each month or twice a month, I release a series and there are between four and six podcast interviews in each series. So they're basically around a theme. So the first theme was about rocking your birth. And I had interviews with the wonderful Dr. Sarah Buckley and Millie Hill from the Positive Birth Movement and birth passionista Angela Gallo and a male fabulous doula from the US called Brian, the birth guy. And that really set me up. I, I loved connecting with them so much that I thought, right, let's go. And I've gone on now to do 
series around childbirth education, so talking to practitioners in each of those private childbirth fields that we've talked about earlier. I've done one on home birth. I've done one on positive cesarean birth. I've done one on birth journeys that don't go to plan, you know, and unexpected twists in your birth journey tale. I've got more coming up in the next month with a next time releasing one around conscious creation. So women and their partners that go to great lengths to have babies and how some babies come into the world through whether it be IVF or surrogacy or egg donation, those types of things. I've got one coming up on natural hospital birth and one on VBAC. So it's like a deep dive on a particular topic so that if somebody is particularly interested in something like VBACs, for example, they're getting a, a broad range of insights right at their fingertips straight away. And I try to get a range of people speaking about them, whether they be mothers or birth workers or you know medical professionals. I try and get different perspectives because different people relate to different things, right? You know, like there'll be some stories that you'll listen to and you really connect with and get a lot out of and others that are like, yeah, okay. But we're also different. And I just think the more that I can share, because remembering I'm not the expert on all of this by any stretch. I'm here to collate and curate and bring in all these incredible birthing people out there in the world and share their wisdom. And so I just feel so blessed that I get to have a great chat with them and get all invigorated and inspired. And then I get to share it with the women out there that need to hear it the most. And the feedback from the podcast has been incredible. Women are really taking the time to tune in because what I find when I work with the women in my Rock Your Birth program, often I'll say to them, if you could just do one small thing a day, just listen to one positive birth story, watch one lovely video, you know, get online and print out some words that describe how you want to feel, print out some affirmations to pin up around your house. If you can just do one little action a day, it might just be five minutes, it might be half an hour, but taking that time to invest in your birth and your birth vision, those are the little steps that are going to get you towards that positive birth experience. And so sharing these types of um, stories, whether it's through the magazine or through the podcast or now through Rockstar Birth TV, which is a an online interview forum that I'm that I'm hosting. All of those things when women just listen to that, they they might just take away one little thing, but that little seed that's planted can often grow to have an incredible impact on their birth experience. And I I love that. I love that women are taking that on and taking that that responsibility or taking charge of their births. And again, I don't necessarily mean that in a masculine, aggressive way, but just recognizing the incredible gifts they have to bring to birth and and honoring those and bringing those to the table on whichever birth journey they're choosing to go on, whether it's, as I said, a, you know, elective cesarean with the top obstetrician in town or whether you want to chant your baby out at home under a full moon. really doesn't matter so long as you feel fantastic about that journey. And so sharing this broad range of information totally lights me up. Wow. (laughs) I should take a breath. I'm just like. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, really related to when you were saying how um, inspired you get after a podcast. And I feel the same after talking to people such as yourself, I'll get off here and I usually run off and tell the first person that's in my line of sight, oh my goodness, I've just talked to this person and this and this and this and they said this and I'm just full of like enthusiasm. So um, it's just, I feel honoured too, to even just sit here and I reflect sometimes and listening to your story and I just take a few minutes to even just think for myself and go, wow, what a beautiful thing to channel Um, for myself um, for my transformation and then for humanity and you're in you're doing the exact same beautiful work so thank you so much for sharing that amazing journey of yours I've just got so much more insight into your work now which is um, wonderful and I feel like I know you that bit better well you do we've talked about vaginas now and that's always a that's an icebreaker right there Now, on a local level, just quickly, you do a lot of work with the positive birth movement too. 
I do. In Melbourne, I run the Positive Birth Movement here. So we have monthly meetups uh, at Mama in Caulfield, which is a fantastic just regular get-together, face-to-face event. Again, it gets me out of the house and away from bananas and pyjamas. And it just really, I find it so inspiring to meet with women and, and their partners and pregnant women and birth workers and other birth junkies like myself. And we just come together and, as the name you know suggests, share positive birth information of every type of birth. And it's an incredible movement that's been set up by Millie Hill, who I interviewed in the podcast I think she's episode four, where she's based in the UK and she found that women who had had positive birth experiences were not sharing them for fear of it either coming across as gloating or not, you know, being heard by women who had less than positive experiences. And so when she had a great birth, she sought out other women and created her own circle who had great, you know, to get together and just share that knowledge and share that. And now there are like 500 groups all over the world. So wherever you are and wherever you're listening to this, I would encourage you to go to the Positive Birth Movement website and they have a find your local positive birth group there. And if there isn't one, then set one up because anybody can do that. And it's just a fabulous way to get into your local community and meet with like-minded women about ways that you can have a great birth experience and sharing those experiences once you've had them so that there's that ripple effect, you know, for all all the pregnant women out there. And that's what I think every time I share something, that I don't know who's going to listen to it and I don't know who's going to read something, but I know that somewhere out there it is having a positive ripple effect on a woman that is either pregnant or may one day be pregnant. It is just balancing out some of that negativity that is all too quickly shared when it comes to birth. And I love that. I love being part of a movement, both through the PBM and all through Rockstar Birth Magazine, of just having that positive ripple effect. I just think that's so important. Yeah, exactly right. I I often say with uh, the podcasts, um, and I'm sure you feel the same. I don't care if three people listen to it and gain something from it for themselves because the flow and effect from those three people um, goes on from there and there and there. So it's just expressing that positivity um, and that empowerment is enough, I think, for people to engage with. Absolutely, absolutely. And because I couldn't get enough of that, that sort of – you know, face-to-face and in-person contact. I also created the Rock Your Birth program, which I run monthly, and that's got women from all around the world in it. And that's really taking all of the information from the podcast and the magazine and spending it over a four-week period just deep diving on each of those themes and working through with these incredible women who are usually pregnant or birth workers even are joining the course to just learn how they can better support the women that they're working with. But just really for those women that are like, okay, I'm ready, you know, I'm ready to step up and and do the things I need to do. It's been a fantastic sort of transformation to see women over that four-week period who they can come in and have all number of fears or all number of previous birth experiences, but they're willing and ready to take the next step and to take responsibility for their birth. So just to, again, that responsibility word just feels a bit funny when I say it because it feels like an extra thing you have to do. And I don't mean it in that way. Birth is not a chore, but it's it's about really embracing your birth And so that Rock Your Birth program, which I kick off on the first of every month, I'm loving because I'm seeing at a much more, you know, one-on-one level the impacts that this type of conversation and the dialogue and the mindfulness that is is the impacts that it's having on these women and their own personal unique birth journeys. And that's just, it's breathtaking. I absolutely love it. Mm. And a lot of women or partners or families too would probably gravitate towards more that one-on-one type of um, connection, so which is perfect to run a program like that for those families. 
Yeah, it's yeah. it's just unreal because it's and it creates that safe space where women can open up and say, "Hey, this is happening for me," and my man said this, and what do you think? And then there's this group now of other women who are going through the program at the same time. They've all got access to the magazines. They're already, you know, supporting each other and creating that circle so that as they work through their own stuff, because every bit, you know, every birth is unique, and we're all coming to it with our own value systems and beliefs and experiences. But they're all supporting each other. And it's just so lovely to see that it's almost like that online village around birth and that again just thrills me you know it just lights me up that I and I feel so stoked that I can be part of it and just see it unfold it's a beautiful thing to witness yay awesome how how can people find all your goodness it's rockstarbirthmagazine.com and I would say the best option is for them to sign up then they'll receive newsletters and updates of when you're running, say, Rockstar TV or a new podcast episode. Absolutely. Yep. Cool. If you sign up there, there's a – and I've also got a – my top nine steps, my manifesto to rock your birth is a free um, free manifesto that's available on the website. So signing up for that just gives people a real insight into the types of things that I'm passionate about in terms of your birth. And so you can really get a feel for – a real flavour of what's involved in in rocking your birth your way. And you can also find me at Rockstar Birth Magazine on Facebook, at Rockstar Birth Mag on Instagram. And I think that's it. I think that's all my social media outlets at this current time. <laughs> You're an amazing woman. <laughs> you you need you so to start much, cloning yourself. <laughs> that's your next thing. <laughs> now, just... Um, to wrap it up, and I know you've thrown us so many beautiful wisdom uh, journey empowerment words from yourself, and I know you ask this and your guests on your podcast, so I'm going to ask you, can you just uh, kick it out with a big one-liner, especially for those first-time mums? Shout out your biggest word of, words of wisdom that comes to you right now. I said it earlier, and I'm going to repeat it because it is so important, but I want you to just sit quietly and close your eyes and just take a deep breath and go inward and remind yourself that you are born to birth, that everything you need is already inside you. Thank you. My pleasure, darling. Did you connect with this episode? Then head over to our website, circleofbirth.com. There you'll find show notes, pictures, resources, and potentially connect with today's storyteller. Don't forget to sign up to be updated with new empowering episodes and content. Help the show grow by contributing a tip in the jar to make sure we can continue to better the podcast and connect more and more to the wisdom of birth and each other. Hey, and don't forget the iTunes rating. This has been another episode of the Birth Share Project. We breathe, we birth, we empower. 